Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Back in 2007, there was a debate going on about how much influence the Mormon Church would have over Mitt Romney if he were to be elected president. I read a letter in the Boston Globe from a Christina Hudson, which said in part, true moral leadership, virtuous leadership, while rare, is even rarer among true secularists who have no higher moral compass than their own judgment. Boy, was I mad. My blood was boiling. (laughs) So I immediately wrote a response, which the Globe published a couple of days later. It said, in part, it may come as a surprise to Hudson but the belief in the supernatural does not make her a more moral person than a pagan like myself. After all, it wasn't the secularist who brought us to war in Iraq, nor was it the rogue band of atheists who spent decades abusing altar boys, nor was it the cabal of militant agnostics who flew planes into the World Trade Center. I submit that our own judgment is, in fact, what makes us moral beings, And any politician who doesn't rely on his or her own judgment is neither virtuous nor a leader. Okay, so I've had about 15 years to calm down. And I think I'm ready to talk about this in a rational manner. When Charles Darwin presented his theory that species evolve into other species, he knew he was contradicting centuries of church teaching. He said it was like confessing a murder. You can feel that way sometimes when I tell somebody that I'm an atheist. The word atheist is a problematic term because when you say atheist, you're describing what you're not instead of what you are. So it doesn't really mean that much. But I'm more than just an atheist. I'm a humanist. And what do I mean when I say that? And what am I doing here in church every Sunday? The science fiction writer Ted Chiang has humanist undertones in his writings. He's most famous for writing the short story that became the movie Arrival in 2017. I recommend you read everything he's written. It's all great. In fact, he wrote one of my favorite stories. It's called Tower of Babylon, and it's a retelling of the Tower of Babel story. I'll sum it up here. A miner is on his way to Babylon to assist in building a tower to heaven. Construction has been going on for many generations, and from the ground, the tower disappears into the sky. Even on a clear day, the top of it can't be seen. It takes four months for a cart of bricks to reach the top. Workers are born, they live, and they die without ever setting foot on earth. 
The tower is above the sun and amongst the stars. But now they need miners because they've hit the top of the sky and it's solid granite. In the original Tower of Babel story, God isn't happy with the arrogance of these humans building a tower so that they can arrive in heaven uninvited. And he scrambles the builders' heads so that everyone speaks different languages. Unable to communicate with each other, the project is abandoned, but not in this retelling. For years, the miners chisel at the rock, carving steps into the granite as they go. They talk amongst themselves about what heaven will be like when they get there. They pray together that they'll live to see their work finished. And they're a little surprised that God hasn't told them to stop this whole mess. Finally, the day comes and they break through to the top. And our miner finds himself on the sand outside the city of Babylon where the story started. In other words, if he's going to find heaven, it's going to be right here on earth. That's what I'm talking about. I don't want to be like that miner who spends this one wild life trying to get to another plane of existence that, in a humanist view, probably doesn't exist. Like the miner in the story, I've realized that this, this world, is where we're going to find happiness and a good life. A humanist believes that humans can run their own affairs without the threat of a supernatural reward or punishment. We are accountable to ourselves and to those around us. At the core of it, humanism is a belief that people can live ethical and fulfilling lives using our own minds and in accordance with our natural state as social beings. Some people believe that, <clears throat> some people that believe in God may see this as a bleak outlook on life. I would disagree. It's a progressive, empowering outlook. It emphasizes community, rationality, and personal fulfillment. Once you center your focus on humanity, it's easy to support things like social justice, universal health care, and bodily autonomy. I can't speak for all humanists, of course, but racism, sexism, and homophobia just don't fit my idea of a true humanist outlook. Fortunately, fortunately for me, Unitarian Universalism exists. Its basic tenets include a lot for a humanist to enjoy. The free and responsible search for truth and meaning, the worth and dignity of every being, justice, equity, democracy, Reverend Dr. William F. Schultz, a civil rights activist and a former president of the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee, points out three things that follow from a humanistic philosophy. We believe that human beings are responsible for the future, that history is in our hands, not those of an angry God or inexorable fate. We believe that life's blessings are available to everyone not just those who can recite a certain catechism. And we believe that those blessings are made manifest to us, not just in the miraculous or extraordinary, but in the simple pleasures of the everyday. So what is it that keeps this non-believer coming back to church every Sunday? If you're a regular attendee here, you probably guess that the answer is love. 
Don't act surprised. The answer is always love. <clears throat> I love our candles of joys and sorrow. I see us as a family sitting around the dinner table telling each other about our week. We share the burden of the sorrows and we take strength from the joys. That keeps me coming back. The music, of course, especially the way we use Beatles songs as hymns. The sermons, obviously, and even the humanist can appreciate the power of ritual. But perhaps most of all, it's this sense of community. Ten years ago, I was in a very serious car accident, and the, the support I got from this community made a huge, was a huge source of comfort to me. Members of, members of this church visited me in the hospital, and Reverend Kim gave lots of support to me and to Art, my future husband. We're fond of calling her Reverend Kim Medicine Woman because of her deep knowledge of medicine and of our healthcare system. Like many of you, Art and I were married in this church, which not only tolerates gays, but celebrates them. We performed the first legally sanctioned same-sex wedding here, and there's no church in Boston that does a better pride service. We were the first ones to do it, and decades later, we're still the best. After the marathon bombings in 2013, the church, this church took the lead in helping the community heal with vigils and a memorial on our fence right outside here on Boylston Street. That is true community. Since the beginning of the COVID epidemic, I've spent most Sundays behind the camera here as part of the tech team, broadcasting our church service to dozens and occasionally hundreds of people every week. It's a gift of service that I give to this community and I find meaning in it. People appreciate it and I feel that I'm contributing to the vitality of this place. And I love that when I come here, I'm with people of many different religious backgrounds and beliefs. I grew up Catholic, and some of us grew up evangelical, or Jewish, or Muslim, and some of us have always been UUs. We're all shaped by these experiences, and if we're lucky, we've all extracted some form of wisdom from our faith traditions. The fact that we can come together as a family on Sunday mornings is a great joy to me. It's an expression of love in its truest sense. We accept each other as family, despite differing beliefs, because that's what families do. Beloved spiritual companions, I come to this church not despite my humanism, but because of it. I hold love for this community, a love for humanity, and a love for this world. Goodness is in every one of us. Love is in every one of us. Regardless of our faith or lack of faith. And even I can say amen to that. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put up your hands together over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. James Baldwin was a great writer, a great thinker, and a prophetic voice. 
He was also a humanist. Here are two quotes from him. Every human being is an unprecedented miracle. And if you don't live the only life you have, you won't live some other life. You won't live any life at all. So go forth, you unprecedented miracles, and live this life. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. Amen. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.